We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. The beginning of Matthew starts with this weird, weird to us, genealogy, right? And and we'll, we'll unpack what that means in a minute. But what Matthew's trying to tell Israel is that the dream of this Messiah, the dream of this Saviour, the dream of this King, is right now. It's right now. And the Jews were waiting for a Messiah, they were waiting for a Saviour, they were waiting for a King, they were waiting for someone from the line of David, a King, they were waiting someone from the line of Abraham that would bless to all nations, and they were waiting, and they were waiting, and Matthew says, hey, it's now. It's now. What you're waiting for is now. That's part of what he's saying. Lord, we pray for today. Uh, God, your word, make it come alive in us and uh, afresh today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Good to see you. If you're here most weeks, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. And uh, uh, we... Two weeks ago, we visited some friends of Victor Harbour that were starting their church on that Sunday. So it was good to go cheer them on as they uh, started that journey, some really good friends of ours. And then last week, I, uh, I spoke at Adrossan Uniting in the morning at Pentecost Sunday. I said to them, your game getting the Pentecost guy coming to the Uniting Church on Pentecost Sunday, aren't you? And, uh, but they're awesome. And, and we meet in the hall next door to the church and they're really generous to us and friends of ours and uh, they're, they're brilliant and so it's good to be with them. But we're starting the book of Matthew. There's four Gospels and it's a, it's a word used to describe the four books in the Bible about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. And they each detail the life of Jesus, the teaching of Jesus, a same Jesus, Right? And sometimes they've got even the same stories and teaching, but each book's a little bit unique, right? And some cover different things, but they each have a slightly different purpose as well, right? And even that's layered, right, because they're God's that good, right? But there's four, four books, four Gospels, each about Jesus, and so we're going to be going through the book of Matthew really slowly, because slowly is good. Especially when we're used to stuff, right? So we're going to go through the book of Matthew slowly. And uh, Matthew, one of Matthew's, again, like I said, it's layered. But one of Matthew's main goals is to show that Jesus is the continuation and the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Right? So he's really writing to the Jewish people. And he's saying, your whole history... Everything you've gone through, everything you've hoped for, Jesus is the continuation and fulfillment of it. And they had a big history. They became a nation with Abraham. They went into slavery in Egypt, started as a famine, ended up being slaves. God brought them out of Egypt. Right? They, they traveled through to the promised land, ended up in the wilderness, ended up in the promised land. Right? There, there was judges and they wanted a king and that went well for a while until it didn't. And then the nations are split in two. The northern tribes got taken into captivity. The southern kingdom into captivity. Persia, Babylon, and now Rome rules the world. 
And throughout the whole time, through the prophets, uh, they, they heard that uh, one day a Messiah, a king, an anointed one will come and deliver them. And they were hoping, praying for it, believing for it. And Matthew's saying, hey, this, this Messiah is right here now. It's no accident that Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. And so he's showing that, that Jesus is the Messiah from the line of David. The promised Messiah, the prophesied Messiah, the anointed King. There's prophecies all throughout the book of Matthew that Jesus fulfilled from the Old Testament. From his birth to how it happened, to his death, to what he said he would do. Now Israel were waiting for their saviour, their king. Now we know Jesus did it a little bit differently, right? <laughs> Has anything ever gone one way and you, you expected it to happen a different way? I thought that situation would happen differently. <laughs> right. They expected this warrior king to come and literally just kill the Romans, overtake their kingdom and be a physical king so they wouldn't be in slavery, they wouldn't be in captivity, they wouldn't have other people ruling over them. Their hopes and dreams for a Messiah were they, that they wouldn't have any other empire ruling over them. Now we know Jesus had different plans to get rid of sin and death for all mankind. But Matthew's saying, hey, this Messiah from the line of David is here right now. He also shows us that Jesus is a new teacher, just like Moses. Jesus does a lot of teaching, a lot of showing us how to live, what to believe, and it's, and it's different to what they've heard. Jesus says, hey, you, you, you know, it says an eye for an eye. Oh, turn the other cheek instead. What? Jesus, that's, that's different. Hebrews says Jesus gave us a new and life-giving way to meet with God. Right? Jesus brings a new teaching, like Moses. And, and Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. He is God on earth, God walking, God breathing, God living. John says the Word was with God and the Word was God and He is flesh on earth. It is Jesus, God Himself coming to earth for us. Living, walking, the wisdom, the strength, the peace, the power of God on earth. Wow. Matthew's a great book. Teaching about Jesus, who He is, His power, His might. And, but in it, so you'd think, okay, that, that sounds great. And then, I don't know, if I told you that's what Matthew's about, it's about the Messiah, it's about the King, it's about a new teacher, it's about Emmanuel, God is with us. I don't know how you'd imagine that would start. Maybe with a miracle? Maybe with this big, I don't know, this big show of power? But it starts with a genealogy. Right. And it's a big one. We'll read it again. We're going to read it together because it'll be a little bit, be a little bit funny because we've got some weird names in it. But it starts with a genealogy and it's like, Matthew, that's an anticlimactic way to start. Movies, they, you've got to start well or you turn them off. The first scene of a movie is really important. Right, think of the Lion King. Right, you get all the animals singing Circle of Life, Simba's up on the cliff. Right, that's a good start to a movie. Like, Matthew, this is not a good start to your movie. If you're not careful, you've got to switch it off. Genealogy. I don't know much about the Braun family history. I know a little bit about my grandpa and his dad. 
I know they were bakers, and then they had a shop. I know they were feral football players, as every old fellow in New York Peninsula tells me. Um, and that's about it. <laughs> I don't know much. I don't know much about my genealogy, but it was really important to the Jewish nations, and it's important to a lot of nations around the world today, who you are and where you came from. And uh, this genealogy, as we'll read in a minute, it shows that Jesus comes from the line of Abraham. And that's important because uh, uh, God told Abraham, I'm going to bless all nations. The Father of Israel. Uh, Jesus is the promise delivered. He's the promise of the blessing to all nations. See, the Jews should have seen this coming, but they didn't. Uh, Jesus is the promise fulfilled to all nations. The genealogy shows that Jesus comes from David, the kingly line. Jesus comes from the line of David, the prophesied king. So Matthew says, what you've been waiting for, the king that will bless all nations is here now. You've been waiting, you've been praying, you've believing. There's been silence for about 400 years. And your promised, prophesied Messiah, anointed king, deliverer, is here now. It's here right now. Here right now. So I'm going to read it. And just keep an eye. There's four weird things in there that don't fit with the rest. All right? And so we're going to read it together. 17 verses. It's your reading tomorrow, all right? So when you read it tomorrow, when you get your bookmark, you'll be able to say these names really well. Because your neighbor will help you say them. Let me get a drink. Because this. Are right, you ready? We're going to read it together. I'll set the pace. Follow my pace. Don't go too fast, not too slow. This is a record of the ancestors of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar. Perez was the father of Hezron, and Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Amimadad, was the father of Nashon, and Nashon was the father of Samet. They're the easy ones. You get ready. Uh, Samet was the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz was the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. And Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of King David. David was the father of Solomon, whose mother was Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam was the father of Abijah. Abijah. Abijah Abijah was the father of Asa. Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat. And Jehoshaphat was the father of Jeroam. And Jeroam was the father of Uzziah. Uzziah was the father of Jotham. Jotham was the father of Ahaz. Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Amon. Amon was the father of Josiah. Josiah was the father of Jehoiakim and his brothers born at the time of the exile of Babylon. 
After the Babylonian exile, Jehoiakim was the father of Shiltil was the father of Zerubbabel. That's my favorite one. That's that's the next brawn, that one. Zerubbabel was the father of Abiud. Abiud was the father of Eliakim. Eliakim was the father of Azor. I don't mind that one either. Azor was the father of Zadok. Zadok was the father of Achim. Achim was the father of Eliud. Eliud was the father of Eleazar. I like that one too, actually. Eleazar was the father of Matan. Matan was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. Mary gave birth to Jesus, who was called the Messiah. All those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the Babylonian exile, and 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. There we go. Now, if you notice, there was four, four mentions mothers that didn't quite fit with the rest whose mother was Tamar, whose mother was Rahab, whose mother was Ruth, whose mother was Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. Just a few things I think Matthew's trying to teach us already. Even by naming women, he's including them in the kingdom of God. You know, at the time, women weren't included. Hey, uh, they weren't even valued. They weren't. I didn't get a say, I didn't get a mention. And right from the start, right from the intro there, they have a place. Who's the next star to show? Mary. And Jesus did this. Jesus talked to women. And you think, oh, of course he did. Well, not of course. You know, rabbis wouldn't even talk to their own wives in public. Right? They just didn't do it. And then Jesus is sitting down at a well talking to a foreign woman. What? Jesus talking to women. Jesus had women as his followers. See, we read of the 12 disciples, but there was a lot of other ones. It says that they basically funded his whole ministry. When, when Mary and Martha, when they're sitting at the feet of Jesus, they're sitting at his feet because they're a disciple and they're learning. If you're learning, you're a disciple. So Jesus, he's changing how they did things. You read his parables, half of Jesus' parables showed a life more of what the women were doing. Some were about fishing, some were about yeast. He incorporated the lives of every listener. His history shows no one else did that. Jesus is flipping the script. The kingdom of God, the blessing to all nations includes everybody. Male, female. He talks about bringing the kids. Everyone has a place in the kingdom of God and what Jesus is doing. And he continues on. You reread Acts. Sons and daughters will prophesy. There's no distinction in the kingdom. You know, these four women, either through marriage or their own identity, they weren't fully Jewish. All four of them. They were either from Israel or they married someone who wasn't or they weren't even from Israel. And, and I, feel, I love how Matthew puts it in there. He's like, hey, you want this king to rule over you? Well, guess what? 
in his genealogy, his people aren't even Jewish. Because he's come to bless all nations. Everyone's included. The good news for all people, right from the start. Jesus the Messiah, the anointed king, who deliver us from the line of David, who bless all nations, includes all people, all nations, Emmanuel, God is with us. But then you look even closer, and these four women represent sometimes a bit of scandal, a bit of the messy history of Israel. It's like if, if, you, if your kid did a family tree for school, right? And say you, say you know a fair bit of your family. And say you had a great-great-uncle that killed his cousin. You might leave him off the tree, right? Go on a year two at Yorktown Area School. Let's leave great-great-uncle Fred off the family tree. We don't talk about great-great-uncle Fred, right? Or let's leave great-great-great-grandmother Doris off the tree because she ran off with the farmhand. Like, maybe we can, we'll just write her name. We don't have to, we don't have to talk about great-great-grandmother Doris. Right, we'll just leave her to the side, pretend it didn't happen, and move on. Right. You don't bring that stuff up. And Matthew's like, Matthew, what are you doing? Bringing this gear up. In the intro of Jesus. But Matthew did. illustrating that God is faithful, that even when it's messy, God moves, that he moves in unexpected ways, he moves in new ways, and God does miracles when we don't expect it. And and you think about the life of Jesus, born to teenager Mary, think of his disciples, think of who he spent time with, the lepers, the prostitutes, the tax collectors, he moves in new and unexpected ways, in hurt, in pain, So let's just really briefly look at these. Whose mother was Tamar. You know what happened there? That's probably the messiest one. Uh, You know, a bit of family incest where where Judah treated her as a prostitute. Yeah. Like, Matthew, leave that one out. That's as messy as it gets. It's an awkward one. You want me to move on right now? But Matthew says, hey, this happened, and God is faithful, and God did a miracle, and God moves in unexpected and sometimes even bizarre ways. And I think even the lesson is, is, hey, your, your family history might not be flash hot. There might be a bit of pain, there might be a bit of brokenness. Hey, it might not be great right now. Your family world might not be great right now. There might be dysfunction, there might be brokenness, but hey, God is faithful, He's with you, He moves in unexpected ways, He moves in new ways, and nothing's too messy, no family's too messy. God's with you and for you. Jesus identifies with you. And then we have Rahab. We read Rahab when, when, see, they've come out of Egypt and they've gone through the wilderness, the promised land, and, they're going, and, and God wants to defeat Jericho. And so Joshua sends in two spies. And Rahab's a hero. She hides the spies. Right. Lets them go. She survives. 
She's in the lineage of Jesus. Great, great story. What's the catch? Well, she was a prostitute of Jericho. Small detail. Right? And you, even in the mess, even in that situation, Jesus identified God as faithful. God did an unexpected miracle in that. And you might have a bit of history like Rahab. We've all got history, Harry. We've all got a present. And you might, I'm sure she fought back to her old life a little bit. But hey, whatever your history is, whatever your now is, God's faithful. He does unexpected miracles. He does new things. His love is with you. Emmanuel, God is with you. Then we've got Ruth. Ruth's a Gentile from the Moabites, right? And we read the, the, about Ruth in the book of Ruth. It's fitting, right? And uh, her, her mother-in-law is Naomi. And what happens is all the fellas in the family die. Naomi's husband dies. Her two sons die. And so there's two daughter-in-laws left. right? And one daughter-in-law stays. And, and, and Ruth travels with her mother-in-law back to Israel. That's why I knew um, Ruth had to be a woman because no son-in-law would ever travel with their mother-in-law back somewhere else to a foreign land. Um, slowly getting it uh, so you, but you think about it that's a mess you get married you get it all sorted you know there's no social systems in there you don't get looked after the women aren't valued all that much uh, you get it sorted out and then your husband dies okay how are you going to pay for everything is there going to be a legacy are you going to have kids what are you going to do you're moving back to a nation that you don't know anyone and you're a foreigner valued even less that's a mess, and from no fault of her own. Because sometimes life's just messy. Sometimes stuff just happens, and it's not even our fault. Because life is sometimes just messy. But yet, God is faithful. God does unexpected miracles. He moves, and Manuel God is with us. I want you to know... If, if life feels a bit messy, God sees you, God's with you, He is faithful, and He does unexpected miracles, even if it's messy. And then we have Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. Now this one's scandalous, this is King David, the greatest king. He's had a bit of success by now, so when his army goes out to war, he stays home. And when he's home, he peeks over the back fence and he sees his neighbor's wife bathing. He likes what he sees. He summons her. He has sex with her. She becomes pregnant. He brings her husband home to try and cover it up, if you get what I mean there. The husband is so noble, he won't come into the home while his mates are still at war. So David sends him to the front line so he's killed. Right. And I was thinking about this. Now, quick question. How, how, how much rights did women have back then? None. 
if the king summons you, that David's not the victim here. At best case scenario, David used his power to commit adultery. Worst case scenario, We don't know her attitude in it, but um, she wasn't the one peeking. She wasn't the one in power. And she wasn't the one that had her husband killed. But yeah, God is faithful. From her came Solomon. The king with the most peace in all of Israel came to Jesus. God is faithful. God is with you. God does unexpected miracles. Hey, maybe you've been hurt. Maybe you've lived with some pain. Maybe you've been unjustly treated, which probably has happened because our world's a bit messy. God's with you. He loves you. He sees you. Jesus identifies with you. He is faithful and he does unexpected miracles. He does new miracles all the time. All the time. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus, the anointed king, the Messiah, who came to deliver us, who came to defeat sin and death so we have life. He is from the Abrahamic line, the blessing to all nations. He is Emmanuel, God with us then, and he's with us now for the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has come for every person Infant to the oldest, men and women. He has come from every nation and every race. Emmanuel, God is with us. And nothing cancels his presence, his power and his love. No messy family, no dirty history, not when things don't work out and not when we are hurt. God is with us, he is faithful, he identifies with us. And he does unexpected miracles <laughs> all the time. I want you to know today that whatever life looks like, Emmanuel, God is with you. Jesus the Messiah came to defeat sin and death for you. And he has abundant life for you. Even in the mess in the peace, in all of the above, in the messy family, in the dirty history, when we've been hurt, when things don't go to plan, God is with us, He is for us. The Messiah, the King, to bless all nations. Emmanuel, God is with us for you and me. I wonder if the keys could just come, that would be amazing. I just want to pray for you today. You know, in some way, we can probably identify with one of these four women. Maybe all four. <laughs> Depends on the weekday. You know, sometimes family's messy. We've all got a history in the present. Often things don't turn out the way we thought it would. 
and in our life of imperfect people, we're hurt and wrong sometimes. But God sees you, He's loved you, He's for you, He's defeated sin and death for you. And in each of those situations, they would have seemed helpless at the time. But God did something powerful through those women. And our life, sometimes, it, it, whole life might, might not seem helpless, but situations in the life might seem helpless. But God's with you, He's for you, He does unexpected miracles, He defeated sin and death. He is our King, our Deliverer, our Lord. This is the good news. So God, I just pray for every single person here. Jesus, you are our King, our Messiah, our Saviour. You have defeated sin and death and you have removed it once and for all. So God, we glorify you, we praise you, we honour you. God, we apologise if we've got used to this good news, if we're going through emotions. Jesus, you came to earth for us. You are our Messiah, our Saviour. Emmanuel, God, is with us. You lived a perfect life. You healed, you taught, you lived, you loved. Then you laid down your life in such a selfless sacrifice. As you hung on that cross, as they put you in the tomb, but three days later you rose from the grave. You defeated sin and death. You have a home for us in heaven. You have heaven for us on earth. You have forgiveness for us, God. You welcome everyone into your presence. There's no distinction, God. You don't rank us. You don't have compartments. You don't have distinctions, God. You welcome every single one of us into your presence. Hebrews says, Jesus, you gave us a new and life-giving way to meet with God. God, we can meet with your presence and your power at any moment, any day. God, you welcome us in, not because of who we are, not because of our, our Jewish history, not because of our good Christian behavior, not because of what we do, how we act, how we talk. God, you welcome us in because of your love, your sacrifice, and your power. So Jesus, we thank you and we worship you. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for freeing us. Thank you for forgiving us, Jesus. God, thank you that you are faithful. God, thank you that you are with us. God, thank you that even when life isn't going how we thought it would go, you are with us, you are faithful. God, you are a God of new. Your mercies are new every morning. You are a God of unexpected miracles. You are a God who sits with those who are hurting. You are a God that includes those who are not included, God. God, I pray for, for people, or God, struggling with their family right now. No family is too messy for you, God. And I pray you fill us with your comfort. Fill us with your peace. God, I pray you do a miracle in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for restoration. God, I pray for salvation. God, I pray for peace. God, I pray for children. God, I pray for relationships. God, I pray for miracle in our family in the name of Jesus. God, I pray for people who are dealing with their history. God, you say there is no condemnation, there is no shame. You are a child of God. You are not a mistake, you are not a history, you are a son and daughter of God who he loves, who he values, who he finds joy in. 
I just break the power of condemnation in the name of Jesus. We are freed. We are sons and daughters of you, God. God, I pray for people who, who are in a situation where they didn't think they'd be. Things haven't worked out. Doors haven't opened. Things haven't gone to plan. God, I thank you that your ways are higher than our ways. God, you're moving and preparing things we didn't even know about, Lord God. So I pray for the unknown. I pray for the chaos, Lord God. And I pray for your providence from your deliverance, God. May we know that you're with us in any moment, in every moment, in every walk of life, Jesus. You don't leave us in the mess. You're with us in the mess. The mess is the perfect environment for a miracle. So God, things are messy. God, I pray one for your presence and your peace to fill, but I pray for your miracle, God. And God, I pray. I pray for those hurting. I pray for those hurting. Through words, through actions, even just through life, God, I pray for those hurting who've been wronged. God, I just pray for your healing and your comfort. Jesus, you actually understand this better than anyone. We're not perfect and we've been hurt, but you were perfect son of God and you were murdered on a cross. So God, for those hurting, you don't minimize their pain, you don't shun it off to the side, you, are, you stand with them, you identify with them, you sit with them to bring comfort and healing. Pray for healing for those hurting. As we, as we finish and we're still praying, I feel like God's got a challenge for us today. For, for people who have messy families, for people who have a history, for people who don't seem to have it going on, for people who are hurting, how do we see them? How do we see them? Your family might be going well, but someone else might not have it together. How do you see them? You might have a pretty good history, but how do you see people who don't? Your life might be going well, but other people might be in a mess. You might be free, but other people are hurting. How do you see them? Let us be followers of Jesus, who loves like Jesus does. Who sees them as made in the image of God. Who sees them as loved by God, valued by God. God, I pray that you give us eyes to see, hearts to love like you love. To not write people off or rule them out or make assumptions. or God, you call us to love. You don't call us to analyse people's lives. You don't call us to judge people's lives. You call us to love. So help us to see people as you do. Help us to see people who are made in the image of God, loved by you, God. Help us to be light 
in dark places. Help us to be ambassadors, to be witnesses. Jesus saw people that no one else saw. He saw the tax collectors, he saw the lepers, he saw the women, he saw the children, he saw the woman with the issue of blood, he saw the paralyzed man, he, he saw Matthew, the tax collector, who wrote this book. Who would have been hated by the other disciples? Jesus saw him. He even saw the Pharisees. Jesus, the Messiah, who came to bless all nations, help us to, to live like you to love like you, to see people like you do, God. And God, I pray, as, as we read this book, God, I pray that you just make it come alive in us. Show us new revelation, deepen our understanding, God. Holy Spirit, as we read words on a piece of paper, make it come alive like we're hearing from you, God. Holy Spirit, we want to know you more, grow in our knowledge and our love for you, God, and our love for other people. And you give us your word as a gift, so I pray, help us to read it, help us to come alive, help us to listen to it, hear your voice in it, and let it build up our, our lives, our families, our church, in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I pray for this week, as we go out and do whatever we're doing, God, I pray that it be filled with your presence, I pray it will be filled with your power, your peace, your love and joy in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Catch up with someone. Have an amazing week.